we are back with another installment of the number one rated business show right here on the real 1100 AM. I'm your host, KC Pride. And it's Columbus Day. I don't even know if we celebrate Columbus Day anymore. Do we? Is we even supposed to celebrate it? Because it, it, we ain't the Bahamas. I don't even think he, it was it us that he discovered. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. Anyway, we ain't celebrating Columbus. Uh, thank y'all so much for joining us again for another episode of the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. I've got in studio with me the celebrity credit guru himself, James Hunt, joining me in the show. Yes, sir. Also joining me pretty soon, we got Miss Nikichi Tafer and Virginia Holland will be coming on. Uh, also, if you're out in the Smyrna area, please go see my good friends at Titans. Uh... 1834 South Cobb Industrial Drive. I say it every time. Most time I, I remember what the address is. Y'all caught me off guard today. But anyway, go see my good friends over at Titans Fitness. You can check them out at Titans.net. They are a world-class gym with some world-class trainers. And trust me, you don't have to be a bodybuilder to go in there and get fit. Congratulations to the 2020 World Champion LA Lakers. I told y'all they was going to do it. I told y'all. I was a little disappointed on Friday, G-Money. I was a little disappointed when they lost because I thought we was going to get it that night, but AD wasn't playing how I needed him to play. But we went ahead and pulled that championship out last year. So I, I just got a question. Are they the 2020 champions or the 2019 champions? Because I don't even know what season we playing in no more. It's 2020. All right, G-Money says 2020. He ain't going to tell y'all on that. That's all right. <sighs> how you doing today? Mr. Celebrity Credit Guru, Mr. James Hunt, how you doing, sir? Um, fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> happy to be here. Had some clients on um, the Lakers, so you had some clients on the yeah, Lakers. So I'm happy for them. I was. We're gonna get into it in a, in a little bit. I was wondering why they call you Celebrity Credit Guru. I'm like, is you the celebrity? Or are you working with celebrities? No. So they're the celebrities. <laughs> I say they the celebrities. Yes. All right. Joining us today, she is a human rights activist. She uh, just published her brand new book, Black Power, uh, Black Lawyer, My Audacious Quest for Justice. Uh, joining me right now is Miss Nikichi Tafa. How are we doing today, Miss Nikichi? Hey, I'm doing great. How you doing? I am doing wonderful. Did I say your name right? Yeah, you did it okay. All right. It's all good. How do we say it? Please pronounce it for me because it's saying, I, it just saying beautiful. It, I pronounce it Nikichi Taifa. Taifa. You got it. Taifa. Black Power, Black Lawyer. (laughs) All right, Black Power, Black Lawyer. Now tell me about this book that you have written. Uh, First of all, give me a little background on you. Now, what type of attorney are you? Because I'm assuming that you probably work somewhere around civil rights. Yeah, well, I'm a social justice attorney, a civil rights attorney, human rights attorney, and what we call now in today's lingo, a movement attorney. A okay? movement a attorney. attorney. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah, but basically, I do basically I do um, advocacy uh, on policy reform, particularly on justice issues. Anything related to justice, that's me. Anything related on justice. All right. So tell us about this book that you have written, Black Power, Black Lawyer. Let's just start right there and leave it. All right. Well, my book, my memoir, is not just my personal story, which I must say is both serious and sassy and spicy and scandalous, but okay. it, also <laughs> offers a, it offers a personal glimpse from an insider's perspective to movements and to the Black Power movement, the anti-apartheid movement, the 
movement to free political prisoners, the reparations movement, and now the movement against mass incarceration. But right. today we find ourselves confronted with another movement out there, nothing radical, but just one for black lives to matter. So what does my book do? It serves to connect the dots between the movements of the past, particularly the ones that did not make it into the history books, that society can learn from our faults and our flaws and triumph in our victories and in our triumphs. And that's really it in a nutshell. Now, quick question, because a lot of people are telling us, okay, that we are misconstrued, that we are off base, that statistically we are not being shot down and hunted down and killed in the streets the way that we think. They say statistically more white people get shot by the police than black people. So how do we call this an actual social injustice? Well, first of all, statistically, believe it or not, there are more white people in prison than black people. But disproportionately, there are more black people incarcerated than white people. Disproportionately, there are more black people uh, shot by the police. Disproportionately, there are more black people with, uh, 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 you know, health disparities and educational disparities and all that kind of stuff. So when you look at the percentage and the proportion of black people to society, I'm sorry, it's Jiggy Boogie, whatever anybody says. There's <laughs> not something serious going on here. It's serious as a heart attack. Now, now explain this to me. What is actual social justice look like from your eyes? Because I, I, I talk to a lot of different people, and we get a lot of different opinions and a lot of different ideas of what actual social, social justice is. To me, it's equity. It's about... It's not just about equality, but it's also about equity. It's about making sure that we're also getting our fair share of opportunity, that we're getting our fair share of investment in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our businesses, and this type of thing. Not just, yes, we definitely want better policing. Yes, we want, you know, people, we, we don't want every time we get pulled over to have a gun in our face or, or poss- the possibility of getting shot. But we also want an opportunity to get ahead and have some type of advancement because we are doing the worst out of everybody in this country as a community. Talk to that uh, point. You are absolutely right, my brother. I couldn't have said it any better than what you said. You tied it up in one neat little basket there. And, you know, when we look at all the struggles on the table that have been there for decades upon decades, we're talking about police misconduct, police brutality, police murders. We're talking about voter suppression. We're talking about a Supreme Court ever tilting to the right. We're talking about mass incarceration. We're talking about the economic wealth gap, the health disparities, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, all of that, I fight against all of those things, and I fight for the ultimate and the um, the supreme, the doing the right thing, okay, the justice, not the just us. Wow. Now, speaking of, of, of Supreme Court justices, uh, they are – in the process right now of nominating, or not nominating, but uh, I guess putting her through the ringer, because they definitely going to vote her in, but <laughs> she's in the process of testifying now to the uh, Senate and going through the confirmation process. Um, how do you feel about this new justice? So, you know, this is one of the things I talk about in my book, not just this new justice, because this wasn't happening at the time I wrote my book, but I lived through the Clarence Thomas uh, nomination, and I will say that not since uh, Clarence Thomas filled the seat vacated by Thurgood Marshall as a Supreme Court appointment been as consequential as Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement is likely uh, to be. I mean, we're talking about a situation where Clarence Thomas replaced the civil rights icon Thurgood Marshall. We're talking about Amy Coney Barrett, the nominee, a diehard 
a conservative, uh, slated to take the place of another civil rights icon for women, you know, Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg, you know, once again, we find ourselves in a situation where the resulting shift is going to be very eerie in terms of the Supreme Court. We're going to be talking about a, a six to three super majority, okay? And that is really, it, it, it's a scary situation that's going to uh, uh, be occurring. And there's a rush, uh, despite the coronavirus pandemic that is currently confronting the country and the world, there seems to be a rush to put her in place. Why? Well, one of the reasons is, you know, there's because he might, might not be, be president after. <laughs> well, there might be a challenge as to who's going to be the president. It's going to be Bush versus Gore, Supreme Court all over again, you know. Hey, now, now my explain, brother, we're break it down. Times. Break it down for some people, and 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 let people understand the severity of this. Because I, I think a lot of people think that they're so far removed from the Supreme Court that hey, what they do at the Supreme Court level, what they're doing even at the presidential level, does not affect me like that at home. I need to be a lot more worried about my local judges, my local politics, you know, my my state government, and this type of thing. So break it down. Why is it so important that we pay attention to this Supreme Court nomination? Uh, it is directly impacting us and will directly impact us, not just on the lower court levels, but on the high court level as well. The right to vote, to be counted, is under attack big time. We have the Affordable Care Act, which is on the table. It might about to be hacked, it's about to be uh, slaughtered. I mean, there's so many things at stake. I mean, during the Clarence Thomas nomination, we called it rights at stake, our rights, our justice at uh, stake. And basically, when we look over the past, Several days, decades, we have seen that, you know, just, you know, hands down. It's not a situation where, okay, this is a woman, and so, you know, we need more women. It was the same thing with Clarence Thomas. He's a black man. Well, we might not give the brother a break. In fact, that's what the title in my, um, uh, in the chapter, the, the segment in my memoir is called Doing Clarence Thomas, Give the Brother a Break. Well, skin folk ain't always skin folk, okay? And women ain't always. I mean, I'm just saying, I saw that movie, uh, The Hand, or the book, we had the book, whatever it was, <laughs> uh, The Handmaid's Tale. I'm scared. I mean, I'm just saying, what is the country possibly rolling, uh, you know, rolling down and rolling towards? So it's critical importance that folks get out there and vote. I know this, we're all nonpartisan, so I'm not going to get partisan at all, but people need to vote. I don't care. Kamala Harris used to be a prosecutor. We need to vote. People change. I don't care if Biden vote that crime bill that I talk about in my book, the 1994 crime bill, which led to mass incarceration. We are dismantling mass incarceration. Now, let's stop right there for a second. We need to get out there and vote. Let's let's (laughs) stop right there for a second, because I think a lot of y'all is giving him a way too big of a pass on a lot of things Biden has done. Because Biden has done some things that ain't borderline racist. It was racist. Okay? Now, your president said, I'm going to invest $500 billion into the black community. He said, I'm going to help start 500,000 black-owned businesses, okay? Plus, he has passed justice reform. So you... Okay, you, okay, let's stop right here and there. Wait okay. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. <laughs> let's just stop right there, okay? If you're talking about the First Step Act, which was not the first step, was some of the legislation that I've talked about in my book that I helped to get passed, the 2008 B-Entry um, second chance the entry bill, the 2010 Fair Sentencing Act, which reduced the disparity before between crack and powder cocaine. It wasn't until the 2018 with the Fair Sentencing Act that we had to 
to, 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 to fight tooth and nail to get some type of sentencing provisions within that that made the practices kept out of disparity fix retroactive. So, no, this wasn't something that just he just did. I mean, this was the result of decades-long work. And let me tell you, he has not renounced white supremacy. He has not renounced... Now, come on, now, uh, come on. This man, know, he has renounced to, white supremacy to, to, to several times. Come on, there. I, 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 I ain't got no problem with people beating up on him, but we got we to gotta, we gotta stay to the fact. Now, he has denounced white supremacy. At the end no, of the day, I think now. he is a, a narcissistic person, <laughs> no, no, no. but I don't think it's just racism. Emboldened. He's emboldened white terrorists. I don't even call it, I don't even like to say white supremacy. He has emboldened white terrorists to the extent of, you know, these folks just getting uh, arrested for conspiring to kidnap. Can you believe that? Yes, I did. But in in okay. But we talking about they my said book. they was but going after her. Book. All right. <laughs> they <laughs> said they was mad at her because she done shut Michigan completely down and they can't do nothing up there. Now let's but get back on your that. book. Say, go on, say that again. My brother now, said that. No, I was saying when uh when they when they came out when it finally hit the news headlines and this type of stuff, whatever this this militia or whatever group, you know, we got all these crazy militias nowadays. But the group said they did this uh, as a personal attack to her because of the simple fact that she has kept Michigan shut down to a point where it's really, really hurting businesses. Well, I don't really consider it a, 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 a personal a thing. I mean, we're talking about protecting lives. One of the things I deal with, I deal with the, uh, the criminal justice system. We have over uh, 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 2,000 people who have been infected nationwide in the prisons. I haven't seen anything from the administration dealing with that. You know, over 100 people have passed in the prison system with respect to that. I haven't seen anything with respect to that. And then we're talking about in the free world, we're talking about protecting lives. So just look, the, the, the Senate hearings that's going on right now, the confirmation Supreme Court uh, hearings, I mean, you have members up there who have tested positive. Mike Lee, Senator Lee, tested positive for coronavirus who is still up there without a mask. I mean, oh, yeah. this is just some basic, this is some basic, and you know what? You know we, we're talking about just us, we are impacted, we black folk, okay? Disproportionately from the coronavirus due to the decades health inequities and, and trauma that has been visited upon us ever since the enslavement era. And that's one of the reasons I talk about the issue of reparations, which I hope you don't have a problem with, but issue of reparations that I talk about in my book. Let's, let, let's talk about some reparations. Because I hear a lot of a lot of politicians want to come out here and use reparations all the time to try to get some votes. But what does reparations actually nah. mean? <laughs> Let me tell you, I can assure you, it's only been uh, just recently since the 2020 candidates vying for the Democratic uh, 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 ticket has anyone in a position of, of of prominence even came close to even breathing the word reparations. I've been dealing with the issue of reparations of, ever since the 70s. I mean, I'm just saying. And let me tell you, we're in a new day now. There's a new narrative now. And I think people are listening to people in the streets. And people are saying, what's been going on in the past has not been working. We need a new narrative. We need change. We need something different. We need something new. But what I want people to do is look at my book and find out the things that we did in the past and, and say our are are architecting and engineering this newness and this new um, narrative to have it informed by what came before. Now, 
your book is entitled My Audacious Quest for Justice. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Uh, tell yeah. tell me some of the my things that we're going to learn about in the book. It's my audacious because this, this isn't your regular baby boomer coming of age story. I mean, you know, I'm 16 years old sitting on the lap of that fine brother pulling security in the front office of the Black Panther Party. I'm selling Black All Panther right. Party papers on the streets of, of, of D.C. every single uh, uh, you know, every single Saturday, you know, I'm, I, I can't, I, look, read my book. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of things I've been involved with getting arrested right after graduating from law school, getting arrested in terms of trying to help to bring about a free South Africa anti-apartheid movement, free Nelson Mandela from uh, prison. These are some of the, uh, the things that I've been involved with, representing the lead defendant in the capital bombing uh, case, you know, winning a six Figure uh, settlement for my clients in a major, major lawsuit against a major media uh, conglomerate. You know, working, being the, the the chair while I'm in college of the National Committee to Free the RNA 11. RNA 11, a group of black nationalists who were, uh, you know, arrested and, and sentenced, um, you know, to prison for. Uh, just defending, you know, just defending themselves, you know. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of of, of in- people that inspired me, such as Angela Davis, who wrote a blurb for the back of my book, such as Chokwe Lumumba, who was one of my legal mentors who ended up being the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, before his untimely uh, demise. Um, Francis Wilson, Francis Crest Wilson, he talked about white supremacy long before it became fashionable and uh, mainstream type, you know, conversation. Danny Glover, the actor, these are the people who wrote blurbs on the back of my book and people I looked up to, Vicky Giovanni, Sonia Sanchez, Julius Garvey, the, the son of the Honorable Marcus Garvey from the 1920s, wrote a blurb for the back of my book. So wow. I feel honored and I, I am blessed and I am humbled by all of, by, by ancestors who I sat at their feet and by my contemporaries who uh, uh, continually hold up the torch um, you know, for freedom and justice. Amen. Hmm? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> now, uh, give us a, a, a little idea of a couple more things in the book. What What are some of the other things that, that you kind of touch on? Because I, I, I hear a lot of big names. I hear, you know, you, you coming up through that militant part. Do you relate anything yeah. to today's uh, social climate that we're living in? Uh, yeah, I do. But before I even go to that, I just say it's a very personal story, my brother. It's a human uh, story. I have a section on there called Sex, Lies, and Videotape. I got wow. a section in there on uh, my big, fat, new African wedding and divorce. <laughs> I have a section in there, a husband from the classifieds. I mean, you know, so <laughs> it's not just, it ain't all politics and struggle, you know. It's a human story because I was a very, I am a very human person. There's no difference between me or any other sister that's just, um, uh, uh, you know, that's just out there. But one of the things I really want is for the movements of the day, the young people of today, to do as the great um, freedom fighter Franz Fanon said to every generation, he said, must discover their mission and must fulfill it or must betray it. And I'm hoping that this generation that's out there in the streets today is discovering their mission, looking back to the past and connecting those dots and fulfilling their, 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 their mission for their generation. 
So, you know, I, I leave some breadcrumbs for the, um, uh, for the generation that's out there uh, now. And I just want to also just say a lot of folks, a lot of the names in my book, you're not going to find uh, in the history uh, books. But they were very real people, and they were the precursors to a lot of the struggles that are going on right here, right now, today. Wow. Wow. Miss Nikichi Taifa, if somebody wants to pick up this book or if somebody wants to get connected with you, how can they do that? All right. So they can ask where it's their favorite black or independent bookstore. It's right up there on Amazon. Um, or they can look at my website. I have a, a, a list of over 100 black bookstores. They can get it from my website. is www.blackpowerblacklawyer.com. Blackpowerblacklawyer.com. It's right up there on Amazon. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, and I cannot wait to receive my autographed copy of the book. <laughs> well, we got to have that conversation about uh, after, after, after the election. <laughs> Make sure to see how you're going to vote. No, let me stop. It's all good. I love you, my brother. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ms. Taifa, okay. for joining us right here on the Number One Rated Business Show, and we will be right back after this. This pandemic has many people suffering. Are you stressed? Are you not sleeping well? Are you suffering from neck pain, back pain, or headaches? Chiropractic can help. Chiropractic is a natural healing art that can resolve many of your ailments. Dr. Williams and Dr. Fowler of Align for Life are board-certified doctors of chiropractic with over 15 years of combined experience. They are located in South Atlanta and are available for your health care needs. If you want to be fine, take care of your spine. Visit them at yourfinespine.com. This is KC Pride. This is Yana. And we ask you to tune in to ABJ Radio right here on the Real 1100 AM every Monday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Whether you're in your car, on your phones, or at your job. Tune in to ABJ Radio, the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. Monday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey. We are back. Right here on the number one rated business show. Once again, I'm your host, KC Pride. Joining me in studio today, Mr. James Hunt, celebrity credit guru. Yes, sir. <laughs> on the line coming to the program, Miss Virginia Holland. She is also a host of her own show, uh, Intentional Conversations on B Talk 100. How are we doing today, Miss Virginia Holland? Hi, how are you, Kevin? Thank you for having me today. Thank you. I'm about to go crazy. I was having some technical difficulties. You know how it is. You see, I can talk to you like this because you know we we both in radio, so you know what it's like behind the scenes. You have no technical difficulties. All right, <laughs> you still with me? Did we lose Miss Holland? Did we lose Miss Holland? Are you there? All right. So, Mr. Hunt. Hi, great. Oh, okay. Hi, <laughs> Thank you for having me today. I lost you for a second. You all right? Yep. All right. All right. So I, what? I, I do. I do. Pe- people do not understand, Kevin. They don't understand. They want to do this job. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm still here. It's a lot. So. No, well, I'm here. 
I'm 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 with you. Can I'm you hear here. me? Can you hear me? I think yes, we have I can some. Hear you. All right. So, what are we talking about today, Miss Holland? I'm good. I'm good. I was just saying that people people want to do this job, but they don't they don't understand what we all have to do, what we go through. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a lot. Every, before you know it. It, it ain't no telling what might happen. And then it's all live going out through folks' cars right this second. So they hear yeah, all this, hear this craziness going on. So what are we talking about today, Miss Holland? You know, Kevin, what I wanted to talk about, you know, well, you were on my show last Thursday. You've been on there before. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. But we were talking about people taking responsibility for themselves. We were specifically... I think we have some technical difficulties with Ms. Holland. You cutting it's, in and out on us. Let, let so, me do this. So, you know, on our show on, on Thursday, okay. we were talking about people taking responsibility for themselves, and it was on the conversation of whether to wear masks or not to wear masks. Well, I'm not here to talk about whether a person should wear a mask or not. Okay. But I, I, am, I feel very strongly that I want to let people know, take self-responsibility and accountability. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. We're having some technical issues with you today. It's like you're cutting in and out with us. But, no, I, okay. I, I definitely agree. You have, to, you, have to take a lot, you have to take responsibility for your own actions and yourself and keep yourself out here. I mean, keep yourself safe out here. And, you know, I'm one of those type of people. I try, to, I try to explain to people where we are nowadays in marketing. I say, y'all missed the mark with this whole campaign because y'all should have been talking about protect yourself versus protect grandma, protect your neighbor, and this type of stuff. That ain't the environment that we live in. And I think they would have got a lot more buy-in especially from young folks, millennials, matter of fact, from everybody. Honestly, in this, in this climate that we currently live in, if they had a, had a message more about protecting yourself from COVID versus keeping your neighbor safe. You there with me? All right, Ms. Holland, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to get you back on the line uh, a little bit later in the program because we're having a lot of technical difficulties with your audio. Uh, but... Uh, give me a call back, and let's see if we can't get you connected without all these problems. In studio with me. We just got to keep it rolling. We just told y'all about this type of thing in radio. But in studio with me today is Mr. James Hunt, celebrity credit guru. You is the, I, I, I'm, I was so excited to have this conversation because I love talking about credit, money, finance, and everything else. So tell us, celebrity credit guru, number one, how I get an 800. Just go straight to it. Well, it's it's about self discipline and and, and and understanding your credit score and understanding uh, there has to be a strategy attached to the way you actually apply for credit and uh, the way you pay your bills. Uh, you have to be intentional with your financing uh, to make sure that you're able to actually make uh, and and consistently building that credit score and everything. Um, you need to have like a strategy with it. And most people don't have a strategy attached to how they're actually uh, doing their credit. And so their scores are all over the place and they don't understand it. And I would say that if you don't know yourself, you should probably consult someone who can help you with it. Now, let's 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 go to the beginning. I was just trying to get that out there real quick. But <laughs> you used to actually be homeless. 
And now you are a millionaire teaching young black men how to be successful and how to get their credit right. Yeah, ain't God good? Um, So uh, I started off homeless and and, uh, I started um, my own company. I had the the audacity to actually believe in myself at the lowest point in my life. And uh, I invested $200 into a cheap laptop. Um, and and got a cheap cell phone and set up shop in Starbucks uh, wow. right here in Buckhead and uh, decided to, like, uh, I'm going to start this company. And I everything else that happened, the bottom, it fell out. So uh, there was no other way to go other than uh, down, so I mean, other than up. So I started it, and I refused to give up, and I became extremely successful doing so. Now, now let, let's get to the homeless part, because homeless and Buckhead don't go together, all right? Homeless and downtown go together. Now, so so how did you kind of get in this situation because I, I know personally I luckily thank God I, I was never homeless but I have had some rough times where I almost lost everything dealing in business and this type of stuff had some years business didn't go good had to claim bankruptcy we all go through mm-hmm. it it is what it is so, so it wasn't the, the it wasn't the type of homeless where um I was sleeping on the streets okay but it was the type of homeless where I refused to deal with a bad situation for another night. And okay. so I chose to, instead of being there, to actually just, I'm going to stay and I'll, I was walking up and down Peachtree and everything else, but I wow. slept for several nights in a restroom stall at the Intercontinental Hotel. Now tell me, is this a requirement to become a millionaire? Because I hear so many people with this same story that just come back and just blow it out the water, just just crazy successful. Tyler Perry, uh, I mean, we can go on long, long time. Mm-hmm. What is it about, I guess, getting to that breaking point or getting to that that point in your life where it's either I'm gonna do this or you know. What what is it that that helps get people to become as successful as you've made it? I think it's when you get out of that comfort zone. Okay. And as long as you have a place to go, and as long as you have people that support you, as long as you have a paycheck coming in, then it's not easy to just jump off that cliff. Oh yeah. But if you have nothing else but jumping off that cliff, uh, is the only option. And it's easier to make that decision. Oh yeah, uh, I, I I would definitely say it is much harder to make that decision when you got that that paycheck coming in. You right. you feel comfortable. I know how I'm gonna eat tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was in Starbucks uh, running the, and trying to rent, set up this company, and there were plenty of days that I anticipated asking the uh, manager to give me a job. I, it was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I should. I don't know if I can do this. Okay. And I had to talk myself into success almost wow. every day. I, I, I do find that being a business owner, because people think that just because you live in your dreams, like you don't get sick of living them. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my goal, my, my, my thing was always to be an entrepreneur. Thank God we did it. Been an entrepreneur for over 10 years mm-hmm. now. Owning my own business. Take care of myself and my family. But there's still days where I don't want to do it. <laughs> so it's like, I don't feel like this today. I, I just want to take a day off. Well, I think that when you have employees uh, that depend on you for their uh, livelihood and their mortgage and their um, rent and their car notes oh, yeah. and 
all of that stuff, there is a burden that is on your shoulders that I have to get up and perform every day. If I don't, they don't eat and they don't maintain their livelihood. That's true. And so there is a greater weight that forces me to get up every morning and to maximize every day. Well, you, you also get to work with some awesome people. I see you work with people like Akon and Tank and Taraz and Lorenz and Tiny and Shaq. Uh, you you the reason why Akon got all that money over there in Africa? Well, I'm not necessarily the reason that he has he has all that money because he's he's successful um, in what he does and what in in his craft. Uh, but when it comes to credit and financing, uh, he doesn't make a purchase that requires credit without consulting me or coming to see me. And so I talk to him almost weekly, um, sometimes several times a week. Um, and so it's it, and it's not just him. So it's his wives, all of the people around him, okay. all of that inner circle, everybody in that inner circle are, are are my clients. And I think that once you once you educate a client, then if you're really good at educating them, then it impacts the everybody in their inner circle. And with him, it, it it's just like that. And with a lot of the other celebrities. Well, well tell me this. I am a cash person. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I I hate credit cards. I think credit cards to me, I'm not paying you 23 percent interest on thirty dollars. Okay, I, I I just can't do it. But I get penalized because I don't use credit. How should we be using credit? Well, you have to understand that there's a strategy with using them. And so, are you just going to simply buy your groceries at Whole Foods? Okay. Are you going to actually use your credit card and purchase the groceries and then pay for the uh, the the credit card and pay it off on time, uh, knowing that it will increase your score? So you have to be like intentional with what you're doing. That every time for the next year that I'm buying these groceries, I am setting in place what I will need in order to be able to get into this new home. And so I'm setting up a payment history, a track record, so that when the banks uh, consult me concerning getting this house, I can actually say I have a track record of how I actually pay and pay my bills. Now, now, but aren't we paying more, though? When I use when I swipe that credit card versus when I just put the cash out there, the cash, I'm through with it. I ain't got to pay for it no more. I ain't got to see it again. But when I put that credit card out there... There's some extra expenses coming along with that, right? There are extra expenses in, unless you pay everything off in full. Okay. So if you're going to pay and that grocery bill is $150, then it doesn't mean that you charge the $150 on the credit card and then pay a minimum $10 okay. a month because that's where all the interest rates are coming in at. But if you were going to pay $150, why not charge it on the credit card and then pay the credit card off in full uh, on its due date? I hear you. Now, what what are some other things uh, that people can do to start to kind of build credit up and, and kind of build their score? Because once again, I'm, I'm a, a straight cash person. I hadn't really gone out to get a whole bunch of loans and this type of stuff. Uh, I did the I did the uh, EIDL thing. I'm still waiting to hear about that. But other than that, what are some things that because uh, in in credit, a lot of times people always want to sell you say uh, we need to put some trade lines on your account. You know that type of stuff. Is that something that you teach people how to use those trade lines, or do you tell people stay away from that type of stuff? Well, I say that you should be educated regarding trade lines, and okay. not everybody needs trade lines. Um, 
the black community has just become aware uh, in the few, last few years regarding authorized use of straight lines. And so it is to them, to some people who are not as educated in trade lines, it becomes like a way to actually um, blow my credit score up immediately uh, to purchase something that I don't qualify for and then get it and then bury myself in more debt. So I would say that you should have be intentional with the way that you actually apply for credit and that you should see uh, how you can actually build that credit score up uh, putting on primaries, which are accounts that actually belong to you, and inserting those primaries into the credit, uh, into your credit report, and building as many accounts as you can have that you can afford to pay on-time payments with, and that's the 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 um, important focus is making sure that you're a, that you don't take on more credit than you can actually afford to. But as you're taking it on, being able to make a series of on-time payments. Obviously, a person who has two credit cards uh, versus a person that has 10 credit cards, that person who has 10 credit cards who's paying on, on time is going to build their credit up almost five times faster than the person who has just simply two. So you want to kind of like be intentional the way you build your credit. Now, what are some things that, that you teach people is using credit responsibly versus uh, let me just go buy a whole bunch of stuff, let me max out my card, let me go get all the stuff I want right now because I ain't got to pay for it right now, I can just make payments. How can people use credit responsibly not to get themselves in trouble in this type of thing? I know you said one thing, spend 150 pay 150 it's knowing what your the factors are in your credit score and what can hurt your credit score versus what can build your credit score and knowing that you cannot spend more than 30% of your available credit uh, without it uh, tanking your credit scores and, and being intentional with the way that you actually make on-time payments and consistent on-time payments. And I would even uh, warn against making uh, payments before your due dates because if that billing cycle doesn't go all the way around, you may not get the points added to your credit score because the billing cycle did not go around. So wow. you want to literally wait until it's those due dates and then pay exactly on the due dates when those uh, cards are due. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, what are some of the – how fast, let's say that, how fast have you been able to see credit, credit scores start to rise? Or is it something that – I need to be prepared to be dealing with this for the next couple of years. Is it something that I can get boosted up in 90 days? Like, how, how fast does this process normally work? Well, obviously, no two credit scores are identical, so different people have different issues within their credit reports. But um, if there is a strategy attached to the way you're actually uh, building your credit scores, it may be that you need to address some of the negative issues in your credit report with removing those off, and then uh, at the same time, simultaneously doing things to actually build the credit score up, uh, there has to be a, a, a um, consistent pattern of building that credit score up uh, to be able to get that score as high as you can get it. And, and then the question then becomes even, what are you building it for? Okay. Are you, are you uh, attempting to uh, purchase a new vehicle? Are you attempting to uh, purchase a home, or you're intending to actually start a business, then you have to be able to prepare your credit 
and in such a way that this is what my goal is. And because this is what my goal is, then I have to do all of these things and make sure that I'm consistent with doing it. And maybe I need to add some more things on. The authorized use of straight lines are used just simply as an enhancement to enhance your score, but they should not be the only thing that your score is made up of. Creditors know what a authorized user account is, so you cannot trick them with that. It should just simply be to enhance your score. So if you're doing all of these things right and you mix in this authorized user account, yes, it can enhance your credit score. But all of these things that I'm doing is really the nuts and bolts of what I'm actually building. Wow. Now, what are some of the negatives that's on credit reports? Of course, I mean, you got to pay your bills. But what are some of the things that hurt you the most? I know one you just said being over leveraged. Uh, what what are some other things that when people are starting to pull your credit, they, they go to look at that, that can really get you in, in trouble? Wow. So a bankruptcy is the most damaging thing that you can have in your credit report, and it stays in your credit report well, for the you. longest amount of time. My feelings so, is not hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so that will definitely hurt you. Um, uh, but um, Does that mean it's over? No, it doesn't mean it's over. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> So and that's the good news of of credit and and that's the the part that a lot of people are missing is just because something happened it does not mean that and just because life is the way it is today doesn't mean that financially I can be on a completely different page tomorrow and you have to always keep in mind that no matter how bad things are today I need to do the work of what is necessary so that when tomorrow comes, I'll be able to walk right into whatever door I need to get into financially. You sound a lot more forgiving than the bank do. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm giving them the tools so that by the time you sit down with the bank that everything is going your way. So you should do the work so that by the time you see the loan officer at the bank, they'll never know about the issues that you once had. Okay. Now now I, I think a lot of folks get into uh, trouble with debt-to-income ratio. What should the debt-to-income ratio actually be for most people? Well, it depends. It depends on what all they have going on, and it depends on uh, what they have. Again, they should keep your available credit down below 30%, but those who are wise with how they actually build their credit, their scores, they never let their, my available credit stays under 10% because, and and then I mainly pay off everything, but my scores are in the mid, almost mid um, 800s. So... Now, when you're saying available at 10%, you're saying I can only go get 10% more of what I make as a loan at the, at this threshold. No, so the, the amount of credit... Uh, that deals with the, the debt amount has to do with your revolving credit, which is your credit cards. And so uh, they understand that if you have a mortgage uh, and if you have a car note, that it, those are not really the factors that go into your available credit and your usage. Uh, but it is the credit cards that people get into trouble with because they creditors want to see how you handle both installment credit and revolving credit. And with the revolving credit, can you pay uh, everything on time? And are you living off of your credit cards or are your credit cards just a, an accessory to your lifestyle? Okay. 
And a lot of us get into trouble because we live off of our credit cards, because we can't walk through Lenox Mall without uh, realizing that if I get those new Jordans, if I get that Louis Vuitton bag, that it's getting ready to tank my score because I'm about to blow it up and we're not financially conscious to our score as we are with the price of something in the in that we see in the window at the mall. Wow. See, I, I, I'm good with that. I, I, can st- I can stay at the mall all day long. The stock market is what's kicking my butt right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I cannot pass it up. <laughs> I was right. like, dude, I got to get it. Yes. Uh, so let, let's, let's also talk about... Uh, what I was about to ask you something on credit cards. Hold on, it literally just slipped my mind. So, good debt, bad debt. What's the difference? Well, so it depends. It depends on what 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 is. Um, so bad debt would be you you using the credit cards and and having um a, a, a having maximized your credit cards. Good debt would be. I got the mortgage, but I'm making all on-time payments with it. Okay. And even though this house is $500,000, I have consistently made this $1,500 uh, mortgage payment um, in the last 15 years. And I'm consistently making it, and I have all made all on-time payments. Bad that is, I got a $15,000 limit and my available credit is now only three thousand dollars because I spent twelve thousand of the fifteen thousand. Wow! What about cars? So with a car, that's an installment loan as well. So uh, even though you have it, as long as you can afford to make the installment payments, it doesn't really have a factor on your credit score. Okay. So even it's if, it's, it's a, even it's if an I go get the B twelve. Mark. Even if I go get the big boy, <laughs> they don't care. So they don't care. And the, the car you saw me drive in today, it was just like, that's a V12, but it has a $3,000 a month payment wow, attached I bet to it. it. <laughs> so so it's, it's expensive. So you just got to like be able to know that you can, you can handle that kind of payment. If you want to drive on that level, then you got to be able to handle that kind of payment. Wow. What are some do's and don'ts that you tell people when it, when it comes to credit? Give me three do's. Always uh, make on-time payments. On-time payments. Never uh, uh, always um, use, well, on-time payments, and then always make sure that you're not, um, I would say also with the dues, do not co-sign for anyone. Okay. I think that we get into a lot of trouble with that because we get into trouble with relationships and uh, letting our children, uh, adult children, uh, ask us to do certain certain things, and we give them and we give them our credit cards, and we let other people jack us up and jack our credit up. And I would say, so um, do not give someone your credit cards or give them access to your credit cards or let them talk you into co-signing. If you cannot afford to make that payment yourself for them, then don't co-sign for them. Wow. Now, are secured credit cards a good thing? Yes. So anytime you're able to add additional uh, primary trade lines, which is what a secured credit card would be, that is a benefit to, to you because it is another positive trait line that you're adding to your credit report that reports to all three credit reporting agencies and a secured credit card will you're able to put your own determine your own credit limit by your deposit into that certificate of deposit account with that particular bank 
And then usually once you keep it for six months, that card will convert to an unsecured credit card and they will give you your deposit back and they will usually like double your uh, available limit. Now, do you consult businesses on credit? Yes. How is business credit different than personal credit? So the factors in in, in your paydex score, are com- which is a business credit score, are completely different than the factors in your um, FICO credit score. And the factors in that uh, paydex score, for example, with a business credit cards, you don't um, you can blow the cards up. You can spend max all of your credit cards out and it doesn't affect your your um, paydex score at all. Wow. So there's different factors in, in, in how business credit is ran versus how personal credit is ran. Well, thank you so much for all this wonderful, great credit advice. I'm definitely going to have to come check you out because I need the, I need the 800 so I can give me one of the V12s. Yes, like sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if somebody wants to get in contact with you or if they want to uh, uh, enlist your services, how can somebody get in contact with you? At who is James Hunt on um, Instagram? Um, www.celebritycreditguru.com website and 404-998-2516 is the uh, office phone number. All right. Once again, Celebrity Credit Guru, James Hunt. We're going to try Miss Virginia Holland one more time. Miss Holland, are you there with me? I'm here. Can you hear me? All right. I'm hollering at you. Okay. <laughs> so, trying to finish off this conversation, we got a few minutes, and then I'm going to have to have you back for a longer conversation. Uh, yes. You know what, Kevin? Um, we were trying to have a conversation about taking responsibility for yourself as relates to mask or unmask, but I want to talk about something even uh, equally important. Well, number one, uh, I, I think that at this point, with only uh, less than 30 days leading up to the election, my message is for people to take responsibility for themselves. Don't we? Don't you know? We got to stop at some point. Stop blaming President Trump for everything. Right. You know, we got to stop. The one thing that, and, and I'm an independent, and the one thing that always bothered me. I had this conversation earlier today with someone, and one thing that bothered me about uh, Democrats, and I'm not here to bash them, but this whole notion of Voter suppression, just because you are required to have an, uh, an ID, is ridiculous. You're supposed to have an ID. Why are you walking around without an ID anyway? I, so, I still don't I, understand how it is we are in 2020 and ain't nobody talking about voting online. I can transfer $100,000 through my bank account online, never walk in the bank, but I got to go stand in line for six hours or either fill out some paper ballot to vote in my country? That that just don't make sense to me. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Um, first of all, Kevin, come on, let's be real. We're America, but we're slow. We're behind other countries that we're supposed to be leading. So I think that we're going to get to that, especially after this election. But for now... I don't want people to get caught up on voter suppression, already having a disposition that I'm going to be stopped for doing my responsibility as an American citizen. It's really, really important that you get there the best way you can, any way you can, but not to depend on other people to carry you. That's the problem. We, you know, as a culture, we depend on people to carry us for everything, and that really, that really, really bugs me. And that's why I'm really glad that, um, yes, I have a radio show in radio with Virginia Holland Davis, Intentional Conversations for Intentional Outcomes, because to me it's really important that we have intelligent, sensible conversations that actually make sense 
and actually have a solution. I'm tired of being listening to people have conversations that have no end, that have no solution, have no resolution, you know, and have no hope. I'm tired of those types of conversations. Oh, yeah. And that's, well, why, that's why we are still in the place where we are, in my opinion. I, I truly, truly believe that. So I think for all business leaders, organizational leaders, whatever kind of leader that you are and wherever you are, it's important that we use our position and our leadership to, uh, to speak up and speak out, uh, leading by example and being, a, being responsible, number one, and being accountable, number two. I think that if we could just accomplish those two things, we would be in a better place overall. We should not be depending on whether it's Republican or uh, Democrat for our own position in life. That's our responsibility and ours alone. Wow. Well, for everyone out there listening, early voted early voting started today. I'm just having all kind of errors today. Uh, early voting did start today all over Georgia. I heard that some pl- some places had waiting lines as long as six hours. I know some folks were able to just walk in and get right out. Did you have a chance to go by and uh, check one of the polls or, or get your vote in today? No, or? I, I was going to do that, but like you, you know, in this business, um, if we're having a really, really good day, we should be suspicious. <laughs> so there's a lot of things going on, but I am going to make it there early tomorrow. I'm in Snellville area. Okay. Let me just say let me just say this for people who may not know. If you are disabled, if you have a uh, disability placard on your car or a tag, take a picture of it on your cell phone, bypass the line, go up to the front, show it to them. They will let you in ahead of the line. Wow. Because, because in my uh, precinct last election, some election we had here in, you know, in Georgia, um, they actually did not have people to uh, usher people in, you know, to, to take care of that, but... Uh, if you vote early at the voting places, um, they definitely have people out there that you just show that, and they'll they'll usher you in. So you know, don't let because you can't stand, um, you know, for any length of time. You're in a wheelchair, you're on crutches, you whatever. Um, don't let that stop you. Don't let that be an excuse. Take a picture, keep it on your cell phone, and show it whenever you need to for whatever reasons. Well, Ms. Holland, unfortunately, we got to get out of here. Uh, we got about a minute left in the show. They're going to start playing the music on you. Uh, if people want to tune in to your show, Intentional Conversations on B-Talk 100, how can, how can uh, people listen in? It is in radio with Virginia Holland Davis, Intentional Conversations for Intentional Outcomes. It's on btalk100.com. That's btalk100.com. Or you can, you can download our app at the Apple Store or Google Play Store or call in at 631 631- Three five nine eight one nine one. Now that's the number that you can dial direct and just bam, you you can hear us. It's not the one you call in like I, I'm calling into you. Um, if they want to participate, it's that number that they can call in and listen. And I'm on every every morning, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and four o'clock on Sundays Eastern Standard Time. Well, thank you again. Once uh, once again, it is the number one rated business show right here on the road, 1100 AM. Uh, thank y'all so much for hanging in there through all the technical difficulties and everything today. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn. You can look for Kevin C. Pride or I am KC Pride. And until next week, we are out.